Hi, this is Renee Christensen, author of Training Them Wisely, and I'm here with Rebecca Messer. And we are going to be talking about intentional ways that we can pour into the scripture ourselves and include our children in it. That is something that we are both so passionate about that our children know God's word and that we know God's word. This time of year is the perfect time of year to get into the habit of God's word every day with our kids and it being a fun thing that they want to do. And that's because Christmas is coming. Advent season is coming and there's different ways that you can do this. We're going to talk about some different ways, but really talk about the hope that we have in Christ as well. But the point of this we're hoping is that we can develop these habits. Now it takes 30 days to form a habit. People say, So if we can get 30 days of spending time at a regular time with our kids in God's word, that's going to make a big difference in our family's lives. Yeah. And so we just thought it would be really special to share with you guys Um, coming up this next Sunday, it kicks off the Advent season within the church. And depending on what church circle you're in, this is celebrated in a variety of ways. Um, But as Renee mentioned, we're both very passionate about intentional ways for the family to come together and to reflect on scripture and encourage and build each other up in the word. And so we just wanted to share a series with you over the course of Advent, um, starting this week, um, and kind of walk through the themes of each one of the weeks of what the traditional Advent is. And goodness, you and I have celebrated Christmas in a variety of ways with our family and We're going to have like so much fun sharing with you guys through the years about all sorts of ideas for how you can do Christmas. Um, But this one, we're going to kind of more specifically be talking about Advent and how we can intentionally prepare our hearts. Because I think as I've talked to several mom friends, it's easy to get into that holiday rush and allow the pressures of old traditions, new traditions, and all the craziness that we can lose the focus of what this season really is for. And I just really push back hard in my home on having that joy of Christmas taken out. And one of the ways that we do that is we very intentionally take time to reflect on kind of three things, what it meant for Jesus to be coming to earth, what that means for us now and also what it means for us with his second coming. Um, And so I think, yeah, I'm just really excited for us to share that with everybody over the next few weeks. And um, so it'll be four four weeks of Advent. Yep. We'll cover different things and different scriptures that you can use. We'll include them in our footnotes. Then Christmas is actually on a Monday, so we will be talking about Jesus on Christmas, which will be awesome. And then after that, we actually have a podcast scheduled about planning, which I think is going to be so helpful. So hopefully we can continue past this Advent time to have a time that we actually pick out, schedule, make a moment for to be able to dive into God's word with our kids. And it's so much easier. And I think one of the things that's important to remember is you're not going to get it perfect right away, but just starting and beginning to build those habits and tweaking along the way. And it's really easy to not mess up 
Christmas stuff. So this is a really good time. Get a head start on the new year. Like don't kick it off for new year. Let's start. Um, and so this first week of Advent, um, and you can kind of do it any way that you want to in your home. Um, I think both Renee and I have done where you do like the little Advent calendars. Yeah. And that's actually something we have an Advent box and in that box, we have 25 envelopes and there's a toy in each envelope with a verse that's associated with it. And so when I, when we read the verse, all of the kids pass the toy around and it gives them a visual representation, something that they can touch and feel that goes up to the Christmas story. Yeah. And I've done it where we read specific stories leading up to the events of Christ's birth. Um, similar to how you do like, you know, resurrection eggs or um, a lot of people will do like a Jesse tree. Yes. Um, I've got that next one week too, I think. And, and a lot of times have lots of books, a lot of Christmas books I know that you bring out for your kids and I do as well. There's a new one coming out from me. <laughs> It's next Yeah, week. your new Christmas book. So um, it's called The Real Story of Christmas, and it should be coming out. When does this one post? It should be out by the time that this podcast comes out. Yeah. So there's just, there's so many little things you can do. Um, but we're going to talk through um, kind of some of the more traditional things that people would think of with Advent. And one of the ideas that we're going to recommend as we do this is um, the Advent wreath. And there's so much symbolism behind the different elements which is really fun um and again there's no pressure for any of these things there's no guilt and condemnation are from the enemy no, no it's they're not from the lord and and i have never done an advent wreath so <laughs> right there, there you go you know, we do advent in a different way but i must say that as i've been talking with rebecca about it i really want to do an advent wreath this year it sounds really fun to do so well it's really it's just it's amazing because the circular shape of the wreath, it represents eternity and that unending nature of God's love. Um, the evergreen branches represent that there's life and growth even during the winter months when most other plants wither. And then the red berries represent Christ's love. And then we're going to kind of talk through, usually you'll see five candles in the wreath um, in the more simple ones. Some people do a candle literally every day. <laughs> Um, but most of them, you'll see five candles, um, and there's four candles around the wreath. And in the middle, there's a central candle. That's the Christ candle. That's white. It's a different color than the others. Um, and the first one that we're going to talk about today is the prophecy candle. And this one is specifically in regards to hope. Yes. And we have, Oh, go ahead. I said, we have hope because of Jesus. So. Yeah. And there's the three facets that we mentioned that we're going to talk about kind of in each one of these. And so with hope specifically, we have the hope that Jesus was coming as the prophesied Messiah. Mm -hmm. And it's overwhelming to think about this huge promise that God had made for so many years to his people that he would send Messiah. And he fulfilled that promise. And so if you've ever questioned, is God going to fulfill his promise? Is he going to do like, the answer is yes, yes. <laughs> because we have that answer in Jesus, like God, he keeps his word. And the second one that we're going to kind of talk about is 
the hope that we have now as we're walking out our day-to-day life. And then the last one is just that hope we have looking forward to his second coming. And so we're just going to share some scripture with you, some ideas, um, a hymn that a lot of um, people will sing in association with this week of hope is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That's my dad's like favorite Christmas song. (laughs) So lots of positive memories associated with that. Um, So Renee was going to share with us um, from Titus 2. It kind of covers all all three of types these, of all three of these yeah. types of hope that we have yeah so titus 2 11 through 14 says for the grace of god has appeared bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. I love that. Yes. Like our hope is for a purpose Mm -hmm. and for God's glory. Um, So when we think about the past and we think about the prophecy of the Messiah of Jesus coming, it's important to share with um, your family the importance of the prophecies that were fulfilled and being specific because that is the root. That is the foundation of our hope. And so some of them that you can emphasize with your kids are, I mean, conservative estimates will say that there's over 300 messianic prophecies in the old Testament. And so there's a lot to pick from. um, But a few of them that you can think about are um, Jesus would be born to a virgin mother. Um, we find that in Isaiah seven fourteen, um, he would be born in Bethlehem mm-hmm. from the house of Judah. And you find that in Micah five, two, he would spend time in Egypt, um, Hosea 11, one, he would come from the house and the family line of David. He would start his ministry in Galilee. Um, he would be the figure that Daniel referred to as the son of man. He would teach hidden things, things from old. And it's so cool. What I love about this is the specifics Like there's so many very specific, yes, not ordinary things. Like these were big shoes to fill. They were, um, he would be a rock and holy that would make people stumble and fall if they didn't believe in him. Um, he'd be called, this is one of my favorites. He'd be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Um, God would call him my son. And he would gather the Israelites back together. And that is a lot of prophecy that has been fulfilled. And there's still more to come. I mean, he is going to gather his chosen people back together. Yes. um, One day. So. And this is so important, I think, for children to understand. This is really a time that you can take to spend with your kids to show them the validity of the Bible the truth of the prophecies that have been fulfilled to point them to the true meaning that we're celebrating Christmas. And that's Jesus. And it really is a time that you can show that the Bible is an accurate book that that it's inspired that these are God's words are written down in prophecy and that they were fulfilled. It can bring your children and you comfort and hope which is what we're talking about, because you know all of the promises that he has fulfilled, that he will also be fulfilling the promises that he says. 
and he's helping us now, which is the part that we'll talk about as well. Yeah. And I love that we see this again in first, like we have all these prophecies and then first Peter one, mm-hmm. three through five talks about according to his mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And that he's guarding this faith. Yes. And it's ready to be revealed in the last time. Like salvation is fulfilled. So what does that look like, Renee, for us now? He came. He hasn't come again yet. So we're kind of in this in-between zone. What does this mean for us to have hope now when things can look kind of... When things can look kind of crazy. Uncertain and crazy. Yeah, it it means that we're putting our focus on Jesus. And whenever we're putting our focus on him, then we do have hope because we're trusting in him. Um, and it says that whenever we have help from J- from God and we have our hope in the Lord, that, that's, that we're actually blessed for that. So that's a blessing that we have right now. We can be full of joy. There's several verses in the Bible that talk about we can rejoice in hope. It says in Romans 12, 12, there's a verse in Psalms that says the same thing. So literally we can be full of joy because of the hope that we do have. And as we are going through the the Christmas season and the waiting and the parenting, I mean, I just think that even the hope comes down to parenting, honestly, um, because there was a, just being able to, whenever you want to go hide somewhere because you're overwhelmed by everything to instead put your hope in Christ kind of can change the situation. Hope really does change things because it can allow you to be a more joyful parent. It can allow you to, to, and if we think about like, okay, well, what does hope mean? Hope means we're waiting for something. It does. It hasn't happened yet. And so it can be helpful for us to think of like if, if you're got, when you're not if when you're gathering your family together, as you're discussing Advent and you're discussing hope, share things with each other that you are waiting for, that you are hoping for, because then you can encourage and exhort one another when you're weary of waiting That's and so- your hope is failing. You can remind them of God's promises and all of the things that he has assured us of in his scripture. And, you know, the Israelites were frustrated with God when they were waiting for the Messiah to come and it was silent for a while. And so this can be a good time also to take inventory and reflect on our relationship with God. And are we growing calloused or weary in the waiting? And do we need to remind ourselves of who he is, what he's already done and what he has said that he will do? And the way that we do this is through scripture. Yeah, it is. And through hoping in his word. And that's this common thing that you find in scripture is that we're to hope in his word. And so as you're doing hope, as you are doing this, you're literally going to be building up your children's hope and your family's hope, because the scripture does say that we have hope through his word. And I want to read Romans 15, 4 and 13. It says, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And then for verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy spirit, you may abound in hope. 
And so as we're doing this in first Peter one, it says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And so our hope is found in the word of God, the way that we are to be able to live these sober-minded lives where our hope is set on him and the way that we are able to change and be obedient and that we're not ignorant anymore is through knowing Christ and also through knowing Christ's word, through knowing the Bible. Because Which also that, in, interacts yeah. with how we interact with the world. Yes. And, and how we, because we're seeing where Christians are being attacked, yes. where they're being slandered. And First Peter also addresses this because it says, in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you're slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame because Jesus, God is not going to tolerate being mocked. We, we find very clear evidence for that in scripture, but the key for us is they know that we are his disciples by our love. And so we need to be able to be ready to communicate our hope, but we also need to be mindful and do it with love. Yes. Yeah. Um, kind of like the same thing where I always say my authentic discipleship is done in love. And mm-hmm. so it's the same thing here. We have hope because of the love that Jesus has had for us that he would come down and die for us. And we have hope for our current lives because of what he's done for us and is doing for us. We also have hope for the future because of what he will be doing for us. So let's talk about the future. Because ultimately as believers, we are looking forward to his second coming. We are. That That is our ultimate hope now at this point. Like he's coming back and yeah. we're going to get to be with him. And so um, you want to read second Corinthians four. Sure. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So we are looking forward to heaven. We are looking forward to our time with Jesus. We are looking forward to eternal life that we literally can have because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We have these things to look forward to. The true hope that we have is found in heaven, is found in him. And I love with all of that, I love Romans 8, and it's a little bit of a longer passage, but it says, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be freed from its bondage. I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. Obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. And it talks about how creation itself is groaning as we wait for the redemption of our bodies. But it says, for in this hope, we were saved. Hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for with patience, which we find in Hebrews 11, where it says faith 
is the substance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And so just because the world looks a little nutty right now and you're like, is he coming? Yes. (laughs) Yes, he He is is coming. Even the earth is groaning (laughs) with the anticipation of him coming back because we do have that hope. We do. And there are so many prophecies that have been written just like with his first coming. There's supposed there's even more prophecies that have been written about his second coming than his first coming. So he will be coming again. We do have that to look forward to. We have everything in heaven to look forward to. We have eternity so to look forward to. We're going to drop a ton of scripture references and resources and links for you guys in the notes for today. Um, if you're like, what is Advent? How do I go about setting this up? We're going to drop those notes. And I'll probably um, put it on a blog post and put a link to the blog post so they can find it there. Yeah. So you all can find all sorts of things because there's so much helpful information. Um, but just kind of in closing today, I wanted to share one of my favorite verses um, or passages in the scripture from Zephaniah that kind of sums all of this up in what we hope for. And it's found in Zephaniah 3, 16 through 20. It says, on that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord, your God, is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time, I will deal with all your oppressors. I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you in at the time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. That's awesome. And that is what we have to look forward to. And we have to look forward to knowing that he never changes, that he's the Lord of hosts, that he's the almighty God, that he's the creator of the universe, that he had a plan, fulfilled that plan, knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the day and the time and everything that he has said will be fulfilled. Heaven it's an awesome hope. Away, but my words will never pass away is what he says. So we know that we have hope because of him. If you haven't already, I hope that you will like this and subscribe as well. That helps us out. And our challenge for this week is really twofold. We really want to encourage you to find a time. Discipling kids is really important. So find a time that you can set aside to spend in God's word together as a family. However that looks now. begins building the habit. Now, I think that right now is the perfect time because your kids are already going to be so excited about it being something Christmas related. So this is the perfect time to get in and just look at your schedule and think about it. You would not miss a doctor's appointment, right? If you sign up and schedule for a doctor's appointment, you're going to show up for that doctor's appointment. View it the same way. Set up an appointment where you're spending time with God and make that a priority. It does not have to be elaborate. I've, like I said, I've never done the wreath, I've, but I've done something with my children. Just try to do something with your kids. I haven't done the wreath with my kids yet. They've been too oh, little. <laughs> well, there you go. So see, <laughs> y'all can do it with us the first time and just do something with your kids that is getting into God's word. God's word is very 
precious and it's something that does not return void. So spend that time with them. You need it personally as parents desperately. In order to teach your kids, we have to know it. So that's our prayer for you. That's our challenge for you. Get in God's word, even if it's just a few minutes every day and share it with your children.